Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. What's up, football fans? Welcome into another episode of the Milkman Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Red, and I'm joined as always by Casey and Garrett. Casey, lead us off. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing good, man. It's been a crazy couple of days here in the NFL with all these uh, teams trying to get down to 53-man rosters. So a lot of cuts, a lot of trades. We're going to briefly discuss a couple of those things, but um, I think we'll circle back to that on another iPad. So, or on another uh, podcast. I've been on my iPad. I was like, I'm mixing my thoughts. I've been on my iPad the last couple of days, just like crazy checking news, seeing who's been cut, seeing who's been traded. A lot of these guys, too, are not super fantasy relevant to defensive players, too, but I like to study everything. I am so, not hey. going to lie. It reminds me of uh, – it just brings back that memory of when we are in Fresno and you were watching the live draft. You had your freaking desk out there, your laptop, your iPad, <laughs> all yeah, straight up like in a, front of the TV uh, like a straight-up like businessman, like bro. A book like of scouting reports like yeah. right there, basically. Yeah. That's, That's uh, what I that, picture you doing. <laughs> it's, it's something like that yeah basically uh uh roster construction in the nfl is maybe my favorite part of of building a team and everything um so like this this where they really trim down to like the the 53 from the 90 man rosters is really fascinating to me yeah there's been some um obviously i'm a raiders fan so i've been watching their transactions a lot and uh they're kind of cleaning house a little bit uh, with uh, in regards to the Mayock and Gruden picks. So it's interesting to watch and um, interesting to see kind of what happens uh, or what happened. But speaking of the Raiders, the Raiders um, released Kenyon Drake and he was able to latch on to none other than the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. I feel like I mentioned this in a podcast the other day. Maybe it was a conversation with someone, but uh, I had a feeling that, Baltimore was going to be looking to add a veteran running back to that group. It just Dobbins is still not, you know, fully hundred percent himself. Uh, Gus Edwards is still injured. I just kind of didn't see them relying on some of these other uh, backs on the depth chart. So Tyler Batty actually got released today. We'll see if he ends up on the practice squad with Baltimore again, but yeah, bringing in Kenyon Drake, um, probably he's in a better scenario now than he was with the Raiders. I'd say so. Um, the fact that Dobbins is not fully healthy, we saw what the Ravens did last year. They went and signed a couple of veteran running backs right before week one and threw them out there. So um, I'd say that Kenyon Drake could be a flex player, maybe even a low end too. I'm probably not going to give him that much credibility, but he could end up being a flex player even just in week one right here. Yeah, it uh, shot up his uh, opportunity quite a bit moving over to an offense where he could potentially see a lot of touches with Gus Edwards uh, not back yet. And, uh, JK Gob- Dobbins just barely getting back from these injuries. So he could see a little um, run here. Yeah, I would definitely go pick him up. He's owned in 16% of leagues. And as the um, JK Dobbins owner in the league we drafted in, I'm in the middle of picking him up right now. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we got a live transaction, folks. Yeah, this, is, this is happening right now. Don't talk to me. Give me like two minutes. He's I like, talk to I'm, somebody I'm busy. else. I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> so what other uh, what other news do you got for me? Casey? Marlon Mack getting released by the Texans. Uh, he had a shot to open the season as a starting running back, and here he is on the street. Now, there's still some roster shuffling that's going to happen over the course of the next few days. 
So there's going to be guys that maybe were kept on the 53-man squad that end up on the practice squad or sometimes these teams, like, because today's the deadline to get to 53. But sometimes teams are working on little contracts and whatnot, so you'll see a procedural move where a player gets released and then is, like, re-signed less than 24 hours later. So um, there's hope that Marlon Mack ends up back with the Texans, but honestly... Um, I kind of thought he was going to make that roster. I didn't. I didn't really consider him like a serious cut candidate, but I guess that means that they're rolling with Damian Pierce and Rex Burkhead. I know, uh, Red, you're big on Pierce this year. Um, I got to say, he definitely gets a bump after this. Yeah, definitely, especially for the guys that went zero RB, and he was actually part of my strategy was Andre Stevenson and him as my one and one and two. But um, what's it called for those who took him late? You know, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, it, it is the Texans. So don't think you got yourself a Najee Harris. Don't don't get too excited. But I think you got yourself a pretty rock solid running back that you can start every week that you got in what probably the 10th, 9th, 10th round. Congratulations. You guys rocked on that one. Yeah, um, if you draft already and you got Damian Pierce pretty cheap, there's a chance you could still split some snaps with uh, Rex Burkhead, but I don't yeah. expect Burkhead to really be the the dominant guy in that backfield. I don't think that Pierce is going to have the job all to himself, but he should get, uh, I mean, I'd say at least half the, the lion's carries. Here. He'll get the yeah. lion's here. Yeah. Um, we had one other piece of information that I wanted to go over and now Malik I'm forgetting Willis. what it was. Oh, that's Malik. right. Malik Willis. So the, the Tennessee Titans released Logan Woodside, who's been one of their backup QBs the last couple of years. And so that kind of locks Malik Willis into the number two job for now. Like I said earlier, there could be some shuffling on rosters and whatnot, but even if they do bring in an outside quarterback, you know, let's say someone other than Logan Woodside to be the number three or potentially the number two. He's going to have to learn this playbook, which gives Malik Willis an edge. I just think that he's going to be the backup quarterback, which you're still not drafting him in redraft leagues. But in Dynasty, I'd say that this is this is promising to see that he won the backup job in his first rookie camp, especially, you know, there were questions about coming out of Liberty, the big jump of competition. He had an excellent preseason, I'd say, by most accounts. So yeah, I'd say he earned it. Um, if you're in super flex leagues, hang on to Malik Willis for a little longer because if something happens to Tannehill, you might have a fantasy quarterback on your hands. Fantasy starting quarterback, I should say. Yes, sir. I agree. He did win that job there. And uh, so just wait and see now. He's got that immense rushing upside. So that's where he's very interesting from a fantasy perspective because he's not likely coming in and throwing for 300 yards or even 250 it's going to be you know he's throwing for 170 to 200 yards but he's probably rushing for 60 to 80 a game you know he's got that potential to break off a big one too so anyway just hold on to him and dynasty while you can things are looking up for him let's go ahead and get started on our last division of this little series that we've been doing so Ooh. we've got the nfc west i know right it's been We've tried to do double episodes, have technical issues. We've had just people, me included, just not make it on time, sick, all these different things. So, hey, we've pumped out quite a bit here the last few weeks um, before the season starts. So we hope that the, this has been helpful for you. And uh, this will be the last one, last division uh, before your drafts probably this upcoming weekend. So let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Starting with the Los yeah. Angeles Rams. My Cannon Los Angeles knows nothing Rams. about wrapping it up. 
<laughs> Anyways, sorry to bust your bubble like that. Your Rams were yeah. amazing last year. L.A. Rams, Super Bowl champs, bringing back a lot of the same guys on offense. Uh, Robert Woods is gone. Allen Robinson is in. Otherwise, offensive line, a little shakeup. Andrew Whitworth retired. It does not probably look as strong as it did last year, but it's still got some pretty key starters. I think they're returning three or four of these starters. I think the big question is just what kind of impact is Allen Robinson going to have in the past game versus what Robert Woods uh, was able to do. So, Red, let's go ahead and start with you. What's uh, what's the impact that Ro- Allen Robinson has this year? Because I've heard nothing but overwhelming <laughs> positive things about him all camp. Just pretend it's Robert Woods with more touchdown upside. Like that's that's the best way I can explain it. I mean, so he's just a bigger, a much more physical. Oh, locked in wide receiver two. He's going to have weeks where he finishes in the top twelve, but with his overall wide receiver finish for the year, he can easily be anywhere from the top eighteen to top thirteen wide receivers with with boom weeks. That so, I mean. Um, I really don't know how else to explain it. It's the past happy Rams, man. I mean, number two option there. I mean, you you can support two wide receivers. Stafford's always done it. So, yeah, I'm, Robert I'm, Woods I'm, I'm often, buying I'm buying Robinson pretty hard. Robert Woods often was yeah wide receiver three two for a lot of yeah. his time there in L.A. So, um, I don't see why Al Robinson couldn't do the same. He's obviously coming off of a rough season in Chicago, but mm. Chicago, um, they yeah. have not been good the last few years. Went with Andy Dalton and. QBs last season, coaching staff got fired. It obviously didn't work out. Um, Al Robinson, I think, maybe dealt with a few little injuries here and there. Going back two seasons, though, like this guy had big numbers. He was um, one of the better receivers in the league, if I'm remembering right. I need to pull his stats up so I can look at him, but he's not very yeah. far removed from being. He had like basically a, 100 reception seasons yeah. back to back. Yeah, exactly. So I think that there's definitely room for him to be a strong wide receiver too. And I agree, Red, like he'll have some wide receiver one weeks. Is Cooper Cup, he's still, is he the best wide receiver in redraft this year? Like he's just nope. certainly, nope. He's, oh, you like Justin Jefferson. That's Loyalist. right. Loyalist. I, you call it whatever you're, call it whatever you want, but you oh, saying Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one and you're a damn loyalist. Well, okay. <laughs> well, then I guess it's up to Garrett here. Garrett, who's uh, the wide receiver one in redraft this year? Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson? If you say Devontae Adams, Adams. Adams. <laughs> 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 no, no, okay, I, that is you. a good one, oh, two, three. That is yeah. our teams. That is funny. Yep. Yeah. If I you would ask Grantham, he would have said CD Lamb for the record. <laughs> but Cooper yeah. Cup, though, Red, what's his ADP? Because I feel like he's going like in the top five, like right around pick five, pick six, something like that. Oh, gee. Wow. I am. I'm tired today. I was Cooper looking at my iPad uh, and I was using my mouse to move my iPad. So. Oh shoot! I love that. Yeah, Cooper uh, Cup is going to see some little regression this year. Yeah, he went at the one five in our draft. You're probably going to see him go a little bit higher than that, especially if the people are scared off by the injury prone McCaffrey and the injury prone Derrick Henry. Now, uh, I can see people actually taking Cooper Cup a lot higher than the five spot. So I, th- I think we should definitely expect some level of regression. He just had the, yeah. probably the second best receiving season of all time. So it's going to be hard to replicate that, right? I, you got to yeah, absolutely temper your expectations, but I think he could still catch 120 passes, 1600 yards and double digit touchdowns easy. So he's still, even if he's 
not as good as he was last year. I think he's a slam dunk first round pick, early mid, don't matter. Like you could take yeah. him as long as he doesn't get hurt, he's gonna he, you'll be happy with what he's you get out of him. One. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can definitely argue, like I had said earlier, to put him in the top three. So does Van Jefferson, he's coming back from a little knee injury, but it looks like he's going to be ready for week one. Do we think he's got any fantasy value, like standalone at least? Obviously, he's um, probably even in a better scenario than Tyler Boyd in the sense of one of these top two guys gets hurt. He comes into an unbelievable situation, fantasy starter, probably a strong wide receiver too. But as the third receiver there, uh, does he have any value? Yeah, he has value there. <clears throat> um, so I think Stafford and this offense can um, support like two and a half receivers. <laughs> not quite not quite a third, right? So I think Van Jefferson is going to get you uh, receiver three, like flex type numbers. I think someone, I think he's someone you're picking up off the waiver wires like, oh, he had a big week. Stafford's throwing the ball a lot. The Rams like to throw the ball. I can't believe this guy's on the waiver wire. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I he's think got that's a, how it's going to go. I think like I don't even think he's owned. He's he's probably not going drafted in a lot of these leagues because that knee injury is scaring people off too. And he's just the third receiver. The Rams haven't had like a highly productive third receiver in a while. Now, here's a caveat too we need to discuss because uh, there is a chance drafted. that there is a chance that Odell Beckham ends up coming back to this team he could sign with a lot of teams but there's been a lot of chatter that he's going to come back to the rams probably like october november once his knees all healed up so um that's one thing if you're if you're picking up van jefferson there's a chance that odell comes in halfway through the year and steals a little bit of thunder but i would say at minimum van jefferson's probably a mid to low flex every week with some opportunities to pop a little bit more it just seems that Tyler Higby does not get any consistent looks. He'll have those games where he, you know, five catches, 80 yards and two touchdowns, something like that. But we've seen enough of Tyler Higby in his career to not chase those games anymore. Like he's just not a high volume guy. They use him a lot as a blocker. He's a better real life tight end, I think, than fantasy tight end. Um, I assume you guys are steering clear of Higby for the most part as well. Yeah, basically a flyer uh, tight end here. He's going to be a boomer bust, give you his up and down weeks. And you just, like you said, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, so stream him, leave him. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> you sold him to me the year after he had that big stretch that helped a lot of people win fantasy championships and you are all over him. Yep. And I bit in Anthony Cs's league. He was my tight end for that year, and that was absolute dog shit. And I will never touch that asshole ever again. Yeah, man. I was just like, man, he's a converted wide receiver coming out of college. So he's, you know, you know he can run routes down the field, this and that. They really just had him beef up to be an inline tight end. He went on that stretch there for a bit. I just didn't expect them to keep their wide receivers so involved. Like, yeah, instead of – getting the ball to Tyler Higby a little bit. They just throw to Cooper cup an extra 50 times a year. So yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> he had almost 200 targets last year. Yeah. That's, that's wild. So like, Tyler, for circle... the record, uh, Tyler Higby's not an asshole. I don't want to get in trouble. So <laughs> it, it, it's the offensive coordinator is an asshole for not using them. Right. Well, they have a new offensive coordinator this year, actually, because Kevin be O'Connell is Kevin He's O'Connell, our head coach. Their former OC is the Vikings head coach now. Yeah. So um, we talk about all these the receivers. Moon. 
we talked about all these receivers, but we didn't really touch on Matthew Stafford too much. He's one of those guys in single quarterback leagues that you can get like around the Derek Carr range. You just you know, proved that. Yeah, I just did it the other day. I got him, I think, with the 9-12. Yeah, round 9 pick 12. So like, he just goes way late. And maybe it's just because he doesn't have like any rushing upside. But considering this passing season he just had, maybe people are degrading him a little bit because that elbow thing was scaring him off. But I don't think that that's anything to be concerned about. As someone who's a Rams fan and has tuned into that, particular injury and what's going on with that. I I'll say that I'm not concerned about it at all. Just seems like they're just trying to take it real easy on him, make sure he's healthy for the year. Um, so yeah, locked in QB one, obviously if we think that they can, he can support Cooper cup and van or Allen Robinson as wide receiver one, twos, and maybe even Jefferson as a three, he's got to be worth something. Yeah. Um, like you said, QB one, only thing that scares me is his elbow. But if you're saying, not to not be scared about that, then I'm all over Stafford this year. Uh, and if you're getting them in the ninth round, that's a damn steal. So what's the deal with these running backs, though? Because Cam Akers looks like he was a little banged up. He's back and healthy. Dale Henderson was a little banged up. He's back and healthy. Kyron Williams is a rookie fifth-round pick. I doubt he's going to be fantasy relevant, but he was even banged up at one point. They kind of tend to do a little more committee stuff than people, I think, like to believe. They used to do the Todd Gurley, just give him the ball 25 times a game. But that's not what this running offense does anymore. So, Red, between Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, do you like either of these guys? Uh, you know, I'm not really sold on Cam Akers. Just that injury last year kind of turned me away from him. Um, they've always kind of used a committee ever since Todd Gurley left. I just I just see a pass-happy Rams team sprinkle in some cam makers here and there. I'm not going to – I mean, he might have this Clyde Edwards-Alaire effect on the offense. I mean, he may not be what we want him to be. A lot of people are expecting him to be this three-down back, like a, I don't know, Najee Harris. He's been my excuse all night, so or someone I've referred to all night. I, I I really there's just something about Cam Akers I just can't get I just can't buy into it and I just feel like it's going to be a committee. Um, yeah, I'm getting that vibe too. I yeah, think that everyone wants to buy Cam Akers because he's a second round pick from a couple of years ago and he was young and on this flashy offense. Um, Henderson's also in the last year of his contract, so maybe people are thinking they're going to turn the page. I don't think so. They've always had a really high opinion of Daryl Henderson. He gets nicked up a lot. But um, he doesn't tend to miss big chunks of time. He just kind of always a little banged up. Uh, Cam Akers, that was his first real serious injury with that Achilles, and he came back by the end of the season, which was actually pretty phenomenal. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of good playoff games because they're also playing some really tough run defenses. But um, I think that was kind of to be expected with him coming back so fast from that injury. So I'm kind of giving him a little bit of a pass on that, but – I just think this is going to be way more committee based, and I think Cam Akers is a little too rich for me right now. Red, what's his uh, what's his ADP right now? Mm, Cam Akers, where are you at? While you look like... that up, I think uh, they're they just cap each other's upside. Um, you know, it's like you said, it's going to be kind of split down the middle. Uh, Hot hand, just like who's playing yeah. good today. Which one might be hurt this week or kind of nicked up? So we just don't really know what you're going to get here. And I think that at the end of the day, they're going to finish as RB2s. Um, you know, 
at the end of the season. He's going around James Conner, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall. I think I would take Etienne and Conner over Akers for sure. I definitely would Conner. The other ones I'd have to think about. But, yeah, I think that at cost, Henderson's going to be the one that he's so much cheaper and he has a chance to lead this committee or be the better part of it, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. But I don't think that Cam Akers, I think he's a little too rich for me right now. And Henderson's going to be involved. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, he's getting drafted at, oh, he went away. Dang it. I was trying to see his availability. He's getting drafted at 135. Yeah, he's getting picked up. Yeah. He's cheap. Like you get him in like that 120, 130 range for a guy that could be the lead committee back for the LA Rams offense. That's not that's not bad. He's getting taken as like the 40th running back off the board. Yeah, that's ridiculous. There. That's ridiculous to me. There's plenty of other guys that he should be ranked ahead of. So Right. Well, that I finishes agree. up uh, the Rams, I think. So we can move on to Fuck the Rams. The, <laughs> we can move on to the Arizona Cardinals who finished second in this division. Kyler Murray got a fresh new contract. They uh, also re-signed James Conner to a, a nice little three-year deal. Chase Edmonds is now a Miami Dolphin, so he's not part of this backfield anymore. And then they traded for Marquise Brown. That was the big one. So he is well, he was a first-round pick that they traded to go get him. Um, he used to play with Kyler Murray back at University of Oklahoma, so there's a lot of upside, I think, with these two guys. Um, we obviously got DeAndre Hopkins uh, suspended for, what, six or eight games. So we still got A.J. Green and Rondell Moore there in the receiving core. Um, what is Kyler Murray's upside this year, G-Money? Because I feel like if you if you decide to pass on, like, Lamar Jackson, the next, like, really good running quarterback is Kyler Murray or maybe get Jalen Hurts a little bit later. What do you think of Kyler Murray this season? I like Kyler Murray. Uh, he's going to give us low-end quarterback one numbers, most likely. Um, it's another year in the offense. Um, they did trade for Marquise Brown, and we're seeing a lot of these pairings of teammates come uh, Yeah, we got the, the together, Derek Carr you know? Devontae Adams thing. Now we got yeah. uh, Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. It's fun to see. Uh, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. I mean... Uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, no, Joe, Joe Burrow. I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, we need to get DeAndre Hopkins back fast, though, for this offense. I'm not sold on AJ Green. Andy Isabella is a decent uh, receiver. And I'm wondering what you think about Andy Isabella because I knew a couple of years ago you were pretty high on him. Oh, my opinion's completely changed, man. He's a second-round pick in 2019. He hasn't done anything. So um, I did hear that he had a a nice camp, so that's good to hear. But uh, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, I expect all three of those guys to play ahead of Andy Isabella. And then obviously Hopkins comes back at some point. I think Isabella is not worth a waiver pick, not worth drafting at all. He's just, even in Dynasty, I'm just kind of done with him. Uh, Maybe the fact that he's a former second-round pick extremely fast player maybe he ends up on another roster and can flourish but i don't think that's going to happen here in arizona i'm really curious on rondell moore i know my brother cannon is really high on rondell moore Um, while 
Hawkins is out, he's got an opportunity to be a regular part of this offense. I heard Cliff Kingsbury say pretty good things about him. Uh, any thoughts on if he's going to be fantasy relevant? Because I could kind of see him getting into that wide receiver three conversation this year. Red, I know you're a fan of Rondell Moore. Yeah, I like Rondell. He's going to fill in in that Christian Kirk role. Nothing going to be flashy. I mean, it's might be something that's going to help us out in the first six weeks of the season. Him and Hollywood Brown are going to really, really benefit with Hopkins being gone. But once once Hopkins is back, it's going to be real murky over there because then you're going to be splitting targets between four guys. Because don't forget, you got Zach Ertz there, who was really good down the stretch last year. So, oh yeah. Um, they took like a Rondell tight end for the... in round two as well. Trey McBride, they still got Max Williams. Like They got yep. some receivers here. Yep. So uh, Definitely have some offensive firepower and uh, offensive like catchers. All those yeah. guys are known. The tight ends are known for being pass-catching tight ends, not necessarily blockers, right? So, so what's the deal with Marquise Brown? Do you guys think he's going to be a wide receiver? One, two, something like that with, uh, with the lead position to him until Hawkins comes back wide receiver one upside for the first six weeks when Hawkins comes back you can start him as a wide receiver two and feel okay week to week Rondell Moore is the same thing you start him as a wide receiver three at this point I mean if, if you're desperate I mean you could probably get him as a flex I mean he's cheap right now so realistically you probably have better options to start than Rondell but the point I'm getting at is he could probably put up consistent wide receiver three or four numbers because he's just such an explosive player in that offense. I really do believe that once Hopkins comes back, obviously the targets are going to really get watered down and distributed between four, four or five different people. So, Here's a hot take. I think Marquise Brown finishes in the top five wide receivers in fantasy this year. Damn. That is a hot take. Like, obviously, uh, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson. I think Marquise Brown is in for a blow-up season. Even when Hopkins comes back, they're very different complementary receivers. I just kind of think that with where this Arizona offense wants to go, I think Marquise Brown is a key piece to it. They wouldn't give up a first-round pick for nothing. And they still got to get his contract figured out, if I'm remembering right, too. But um, maybe that gives him a little extra motivation going into the year to to start out on a on a good note. I think that he's definitely definitely one of the more like the best breakout candidates. We've seen him be pretty good in Baltimore, but I don't think we've seen him truly break out. This is the year. Um let's go to the running backs though. James Conner, you know Benjamin, Darrell Williams. Looks like this is going to be the top 3 running backs here. I'd love to see Rondell more sprinkled into that backfield a little bit just while I'm thinking about it, but um James Conner though, feel like he's got that job mostly to himself unless you know benjamin sneaks up on him g money you uh you like james connor this year or do you think you know can kind of carve out a chase edmonds type of role uh i am on the james connor train again let's roll let's roll the coal um that was a pittsburgh joke i guess but uh <laughs> no i like james connor this year he finally gets a backfield uh to himself uh more so than in recent years right um i'm not sure that he finishes well what where where's he getting drafted at red james carter early yeah. third round early right around like zeke elliott guys like that okay 
Yeah, he's going to give us solid uh, running back two numbers most weeks, and I think uh, he's going to give us running back one maybe every other every couple. Yeah, he's pretty touchdown dependent. If he's going to get the touchdowns, absolutely. But if it's going to be just based off pure volume, uh, right? Especially if Kyler, because Kyler Kyler was hurt a lot last year, so I really feel like they leaned on James Conner to take some of those rushing touchdowns in, and with the healthy Kyler, I can easily see some regression in the touchdowns outside for James Conner. I mean, I, I really like James Conner. He's a terrific story and everything, but I, it's going to be if Kyler's going to be rushing, taking touchdowns in or not. I like I like James Conner in half PPR leagues and full PPR leagues. I'm probably taking other running backs over him. Yeah, I think that uh, James Conner has some potential to bottom out. I could kind of just see like this scenario. I hope it doesn't happen. I think he's, you know, he's been kind of one of my favorite players ever since he got drafted. You know, he went through the whole cancer thing at University of Pittsburgh, got drafted by Pittsburgh, um, put up some really strong seasons for them. I think he's always been an underrated receiver, although it does seem like Arizona's trying to give that work to some of these other guys. Um, but he's also had some serious injuries. Like last year, he was really cheap because he'd been so banged up. So I, I just believe in this team's ability to get into the red zone. So I assume he'll be more touchdown dependent, kind of like how he was last year. But man, I don't know. Like there's a chance that, you know, Benjamin ends up carving a bigger rollout here than we'd like to see. I don't think that would be the craziest thing. They've been talking, you know, Benjamin up for a couple of years now. Now he's just kind of finally got the opportunity because Chase Edmonds is gone. I don't know. You know, Benjamin thinks a decent dart throw towards the end of your draft. I'm going to go see ADP because, honestly, he might be someone we're picking up after in week one waiver wires. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start projecting who's going to be the waiver wire pickups after week week one. I think that'd be kind of a cool segment. Hey, do Just we like do we how much do we like Zach Ertz though? Because like I feel like he's like I wanna lump still him in. touchdown dependent, I feel. Now he gets a lot of catches though. I feel like he had plenty of games with Arizona last year. Seven, eight targets. Like he was he was making the most of with them with them too. So yeah. I don't know. There are a lot That's of true. receiving options out here, and they are still gonna run the ball not only with Connor, but Kyler Murray's gonna do it himself as well. So <laughs> It's just going to be a little bit of like you're going to have some really awesome studs on this squad. I think this is one of the more exciting offenses from a fantasy perspective. But because there's so many talented guys, like it's just not realistic to expect them all to go off every week. So, you know, you might have some Zach Ertz bad games, some Rondell Moore bad games, James Conner bad games. It's all possible. I feel like the tight end draft pool really falls off after Zach Ertz, though, at 83. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it it goes T.J. Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and then I I feel like it falls off and goes to like Dawson Knox, Pat Frymuth, uh, Mike Gesicki, Cole Komet. There's there's a big gap right after Zach yeah. Ertz. I'm I'm not interested in the tight ends after Zach Ertz. I find myself in that spot often. Of are you interested in any tight ends? Zach Ertz and up. I, I would be happy with any of the tight ends with Zach Ertz and up. Yeah, I always kind of find myself if I'm going to wait, if I'm not going to take like Kelsey or Andrews, one of those really top guys, Kyle Pitts. Um, that's the line for me too is like Zach Ertz. Everything below that kind of makes me nervous. And everything above that, I, I feel pretty good about. And there's yeah. been times where I did take a tight end early 
And then Zach Ertz sitting there to me is like, man, I could pick him up as my second tight end, maybe play him in a flex spot. But that's where it's just like, well, that's, you know, with the situation we were just talking about with a lot of mouths to feed with this Cardinals offense, it's like as my second tight end, that's a little, little rich. And there is some risk involved of like, if he ends up being low in the pecking order as the season shakes out. But I'd say generally speaking, Zach Ertz locked in tight end one. He's in that middle class, a very, very small middle class. Um, not up there with the very elite options, but he's good. I'd, I'd yep. be happy with him as a fantasy starter. Yep. Quick question about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Where are you guys drafting him at if you're going to draft him due to the, his suspension? He's going around Rashad Bateman, guys like Gabe Davis. I think I would take both of those guys over Hopkins because I'm not comfortable with the six-week suspension. So then it starts falling down to guys like Hunter Renfro, Drake London, Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore. I think I would take those guys over Hopkins. Okay. Maybe, so that's ask- that's kind of where it mixes in, I guess, because I right around after Elijah Moore, it's Alan Lazard. I guess you can pencil them in right there, but I won't argue if you say you'll take them over Renfro and Drake London up at 82. Let me ask, what kind of strategy, draft strategy, would you have to kind of deploy or go at, like, to maybe end up with Hopkins in, at that round? What if I took DeAndre Hopkins instead of Elijah Moore as my wide receiver three? I think I'd rather have Hopkins. I don't think I had that luxury at that point, but... That's kind of around the same spot. Yeah. Well, I lied. That's about 18 spots higher, but it's like five wide receiver slots different. So sure. Um, I, th- I like the upside of Hopkins when he comes back, but the problem is, I mean, we're what 18 weeks fantasy football or is it 17, right? It's I mean, 17. teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, sh- that's more than a third of your fantasy season. Right. Right. And you're investing sixth, the sixth round pick. So you're looking at what else? What running backs are going around that spot? Let me see. It is pretty expensive. AJ Dillon. I wanted to bring it up because Clyde uh, Edwards Alaire's. He's a guy that I'm holding in Dynasty, but I can afford that luxury because it's Dynasty. But as far as redraft, I'm kind of out on him because of where he's getting drafted at. I think he's a little, little too rich there. Maybe he's a trade target and you can trade for him cheap, but I don't I can't imagine who would want to trade. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting situation with people who have Hopkins, how long they're willing to hold on to him, or I, if he's I got getting it. ready to come off suspension and he got someone like that throws a trade at you, you know, what what would you give up? What would you be willing to offer? Yeah. Honestly, I think it just let it be someone else's problem. I mean, someone else in your league is gonna have a dominant wide receiver, so What's another one being on someone else's team? And most likely, whoever has Hopkins on their team probably isn't going to be doing very well. Yeah, I'm kind of letting it be other people's problem, too. I like how you said that. Um, all right, so let's switch on over to the San Francisco 49ers. This is a team that is transitioning from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance as their starter. Somehow, Jimmy G is still on the roster on a new contract. Well, uh I'm sure that we'll end up bringing that back up at some point here this season. But Trey Lance is the locked-in starter. They've made it really clear that that's who the who they're going to go with. Red, I know you've had Trey Lance. I feel like you 
got him in a dynasty league or you know had him at some point. With uh, Debo Samuel locked up, Brandon Ayuk looks real good. This training camp still got George Kittle there. He's got the opportunity to be a QB one as soon as this year, especially because he can run. Yep, but we still need to approach him how we approached Jalen Hurts last year. Uh-huh. Um, he's got to prove it as a passer. He still has to prove it as a runner. Uh, our old buddy Mike Grantham is not a believer in Trey Lance. Me and him both listen to uh, Dynasty Nerds. I know you guys listen to him too, and you know they have some sources that are saying that Trey Lance isn't it in San Francisco. So, I mean, with all this contract stuff going on, Jimmy G got a little. What, what did they pay him? Did the number actually come out yet or not yet? I think they said like six and a half million of it is, in guaranteed, is guaranteed. There's a ton of incentives built into it, but if he's yeah. not the starting quarterback, he's obviously not going to reach that. There's also a no trade clause and a no tag clause. So if he does have a great season, they can't give him the franchise tag. If they want to trade him, he can veto any trade unless it's to a team that he wants to go to. So they mm-hmm. really did give him like a lot of control over his next destination if he ends up getting traded this season. Yeah. I mean, but that's just what the Niners think, though. I mean, maybe he's not a. I mean, we can sit here and try and read him between the lines, but the fact is someone's got to spend the 104th pick on Trey Lance. I mean, I haven't raked outside my top 12 quarterbacks. Uh, that late, I'm willing to take a flyer on a mobile quarterback with those weapons. I mean, we're sitting here drafting Jalen Hurts at 65th overall, and I think they're very similar players. You know, maybe one's more athletic than the other, but their play style is very, very, very similar. If you think about it, their offenses are very similar too. Both offenses have two really good receivers. They both have a tight end, and they both have iffy run games. I mean, and I only say that because Elijah Mitchell always gets banged up. But, I mean, that's what both teams kind of do want to do, though, is run the ball. I mean, I don't like the running backs with – Philly, like that was for our last podcast, but the point I'm getting at is both of these teams are similar. So if you like Jalen Hurts, then, hey, you better like Trey Lance as well. So, I mean, for fantasy, I think Trey Lance, he can enter the top five in fantasy scoring if things fall right. But I think his floor is – I think his floor can be a Jalen Hurts bad game. I have <clears throat> Trey Lance as a quarterback, too, at the end of the year. He's going to have weeks where he pops probably – but I just want to remind everyone that this guy is out of North Dakota State. And Casey, who was the last quarterback drafted out of North Dakota State? Uh, that would have been Trey Lance. Uh, actually, it would have been Easton <laughs> Stick, who's a backup with the Chargers right now. But last one that was picked in the first round. How about the last one before that? Yeah, the last one before that in the first round would have been Carson Wentz. How did Carson Wentz fare? <laughs> well, he started out strong, but then he just crashed and burned fast like i guess he gets more shit than we probably he probably deserves like he wasn't that bad but i don't know man it's just like the i just feel like is no there no longer there anymore i feel like it's gonna be the same story uh trey lance is not it for me i don't think he's the answer in san francisco i'm sorry all my trey lance truthers uh (laughs) but um they paid Jimmy G some backup money for a reason. And I just have to think it's because they're not completely sold on Trey Lance yet. And so having Jimmy G as a backup is like, you know, we're kind of, it's a CYA. We're covering our ass. Um, that's how I feel about Trey Lance. 
Debo Samuel. How do we feel about our receivers? Well, just to clarify, I think Trey Lance is someone um, in one quarterback leagues. I think he's like a really ideal target to be your second quarterback because if everything breaks right for him, he could be a league winner. He could be like a Jalen Hurts, like how he was during that crazy stretch last year. So that those kind of late round guys like that, he's as good of a dart throw as you could ask for in a QB friendly offense with the Shanahan's and all that. The Jimmy thing, I get like, you know, nah, maybe they're not sold on him. I think that just had to do with his weird contract and there's no openings for a starting quarterback. So it's better for him to just come back to the team he's familiar with until something opens up. I don't think that um, that was the only reason. Like there's got to be a little bit like they are a better team with Jimmy on the roster, even as a backup. So just as a roster construction thing, I'm good with that. But to circle it back to Debo. So I just wanted to share my thoughts there real fast. Yeah, sorry um, about that. Didn't mean to skip you. No, you're good. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm curious to see if we're going to see this hybrid. Like, is he going to run the ball every game too? Because obviously that's where he was making his bread and butter as a fantasy receiver was having these really efficient, like five carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. So that when he's receiving, he's only got to get like four catches, 40 yards and a touchdown. And boom, he's like a top five fantasy receiver that week. The fact is that they're going to manufacture touches for this guy, whether it be if they can't get it to him in the receiving game and they bring him into the backfield. So because of that, I think he maintains like low wide receiver one volume because he doesn't have to just be purely catching passes to finish that way. I think that there's been a lot of hype about Brandon Ayuk and Hey, I'm glad to hear it. But I think if there's anyone that has a chance to not pay out, not really hit on their fantasy numbers, I feel like it's Ayuk. Yeah, I, like I don't quite a bit this year. I don't have much faith in Ayuk. Um, I'm not sure if last year is just a sophomore lull, uh, sophomore slump. I mean, but he just didn't look the same as a receiver. As far as Debo Samuel goes, though, they're going to manufacture touches. They're going to put him in the backfield, like you said. And if Elisha Mitchell can't stay healthy, you're going to see him in the backfield a lot more, right? So I'm up on Debo Samuel this year. And I think that he should be a guy that you need on your roster. Yeah. I think you can get him in like red. Like what are you getting Debo in like round two or three, something like that. Yeah. Late round two, early round three. That's what I was thinking. So I think I'm that's a decent Debo train. I, I mean, he had such a big flashy season. Like there's a chance that the regression could come, especially now that, teams know that he's going to be in the backfield last year was kind of a new thing they just started doing it in the middle of the year and then they just stuck with it so there's some opportunity for him to bottom out a little bit but i just get the sense that especially after paying them all that money they're going to make sure that they get their money's worth brandon Ayuk, uh red if you could maybe figure out where he's going i'm just curious because if he's the right price i'd take him but i just kind of look at ah, george kittle's probably going to get his they're going to run the ball no matter what. So if Mitchell and we got to be cognizant that Trey Lance is still the quarterback here. So he could run not... a little bit too, or he could be struggling yeah. as a passer. So it's like, if he struggles yeah. as a passer, who in the passing game is most likely to be affected? I bet it's a Uke because his role is a little more dependent on him. Like being a true receiver where Debo, you could mix him up. Kittle's tied in. He's a little closer to the line of scrimmage a lot of the time. Um, but the running game, you know, especially 
after looking at the roster today, like Elijah Mitchell's a starter, Jeff Wilson's backup. We'll see if uh, Trey Sermon or Davis Price are going to be one of these other guys that's a distant third. But Elijah Mitchell, I think, has got this backfield to himself. I don't think they're going to really pull him off the field to get Jeff Wilson in there. You never know. I mean, there's always been a committee with Shanny, so I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting Mitchell to get majority of the – or to get that many carries. I mean, he's definitely going to get the lion's share, but – it's probably going to be kind of what I'm expecting from Brees Hall, like a 65-35 kind of thing. I'm kind of thinking like he's just like a mid-RB2. Not high, not yep. low, just mid-RB2. Yep. I'm pretty happy. I'll drink to that. I'd, I'd be happy if I, if he just turns out being a solid RB2. Well, the good thing, too, is the Niners do have a mobile quarterback, and a mobile quarterback always helps the rushing game, too. So, Right. I do think that Elijah Mitchell – is the back to own obviously, but he, if the Niners can get into the red zone, I feel like he has a decent chance of, you know, putting the ball in, you know, he's there going to be their back down there is what I guess I'm saying. Um, would you guys agree possible. with that? Or? Eh, it's possible, you know, um, I think he finishes as a solid RB two though. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, real, real fast before we move on, George Kittle, do you guys like him this year? Is he better or worse with Trey Lance as a starting quarterback? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, when the play breaks down, the tight end gets loose and he's tired of blocking because obviously the defenders got past him. I don't see why he shouldn't be catching passes from Lance if he doesn't take it himself. I feel like his ADP is a little high for me, but I still think that he's got potential to be one of the yeah, top tight ends going, in football this year. He's going around 35. I think those other receivers I would rather take there. Uh, oh, definitely. I would rather have Michael Pittman over Kittle. Oh, yeah. And they're going yeah. back to back. They're going yeah. back to back. So yeah. here's a good one. George Kittle or Cam Akers. Mm. I'm taking Kittle there. If I'm forced to pick I think I'm taking only Kittle the two, too. I'm taking yeah. Kittle. I think I'd take Kittle there too. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's, those are the guys going around him. Okay, here's a good one. Kittle or Higgins? Higgins. Ooh. I'm, I'm having a hard time with that one, but I think I'm going to go Higgins just because I trust the quarterback play more than I trust uh, Trey Lance. Kind of where I'm getting at, too. That's where I'm thinking. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Seattle Seahawks are the last team in this division. And, and we're done talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, yeah, you want to talk about uh, a shitty quarterback situation. They got Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Hey, they... don't put that bad juju on my boy Geno like that, dog. He's been through it, and he's still starting. So, Dog, there's going to be a bunch of shit on him because that offensive line is letting everything through. They ain't no filter on that O-line. Yeah, they got two rookie starting tackles. One of them, Charles Cross, uh, obviously he was a top 10 pick this year. They got a third-round pick, Abe Lucas, who's actually looked good, but these are rookies, preseason uh, we'll see. Their center doesn't look like he's going to be particularly strong. Gabe Jackson is not what he used to be. Um, he's still a starting guard, though, in this league. I don't know. Like, obviously, Russell Wilson is, is not here anymore, so it just changes everyone's outlook. So, Gino, Drew Locke, d- d- nothing to do with them in one QB leagues. Um, Gino's a starter, so in two QBs or super flex leagues, have him as, like, a distant third backup in case you get you know, screwed over at some point during the season at your quarterback spot with injuries or benchings or whatever it might be. 
I think it's time to give up the ghost on Drew Locke, though. I think he's done in Dynasty. I I was I think most people were already over him. There's a few people holding out hope, but I he's done. I, Lock I'm the not... door on him. Close it. Slam it. Goodbye. Yeah, pun. <laughs> um, now he's still got good receivers there to throw to. Like you got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Um, D. Eskridge was actually second round pick from a year ago. He's not barely practiced, so he's probably not going to make a big difference. But between DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Red, do you like either of these guys this year with uh, Geno Smith as QB? They are my favorite players to see go off the board to another person's team. I want nothing to do with them. I actually got DK Metcalf ranked outside my top 24 wide receivers this year. I want nothing to do with him. I might I'm take so Tyler out Lockett. On DK too. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go find the number that I got him ranked at exactly. He might be one of the most he's in the top three of probably most athletically gifted wide receivers playing football right now, but man, he just don't got a good situation. Tyler Lockett's probably in better position because he's playing in the slot a little bit more, can soak up a volume role potentially. But okay. even Lockett, like I'm I'm probably steering clear from I personally Lockett, that's probably it from this team. Yeah, I personally have DK Metcalf ranked in between Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, at, and he's ranked as my wide receiver 32. Whew! Man, I guess I can sit down and write it out. 32 feels low, but yeah, man, just an awful situation. You, you care to hear, guys, I'm taking over him? Sure. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Cooks. I'm taking Darnell Mooney over him. I'm taking Bateman over him. I'm taking Chris Godwin over him. I'm taking Michael Thomas over him. Most uh, of those guys I would do. Mooney, I don't know. I like Mooney in real life, but he's also not got a great QB. Well, we'll see what happens with Justin Fields. He might, but. I'm going from the bottom up. I'm going up higher on my rankings now. Yeah. Like I'm already yeah. hitting Amari Cooper, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams. Yeah, I'd have rather have all those guys. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. these are all my wide receiver twos, so it's pretty easy to rank them as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, oh, how the mighty have fallen. So, what about Noah Fant? Anyone interested in him coming over in that trade with uh, Russell Wilson? Yeah, I'm still on the Noah Fant train. Um, he's still going to get it done. Now, I don't know. He's going to be like a low end tight end one though. Um. So, I guess at the end of the day, for redraft, uh, might not be worth it. I guess I was talking more so on dynasty wise. Um, but yeah, how do you guys feel about Noah? Feel like if he was in Denver right now with Russell Wilson, he'd be like, a okay. Low well, I would one, rather have a Mercedes too. No, I'm saying like, <laughs> if he was still with Denver, I would consider him like a low tight end one, high tight end two, because he's in Seattle. Obviously, much different situation. He's like a mid to low tight end too. Like I think he's worth a dart throw. He's got upside for a first round pick. You know, hey, maybe being on a new team unleashes him. I don't think that's going to happen with Geno Smith throwing the ball all season. But um, if you didn't get a second tight end early that you're super happy about, no offense, not a bad dart throw. Yeah, he's going 178 overall, but I'd rather have David Njoku or someone else over Fant. Especially in the that he's kind of getting drafted in the same area. Yeah, I think he's definitely getting pushed down because he's you know, Seattle. Everyone knows that they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. At least on paper, they look like one of the worst teams. So Dude, um, everyone's kind of getting pushed down. <laughs> yeah. I think Everybody I'd rather does. have Hayden. I'd rather have Hayden Hurst 
over Noah Fan. He's getting drafted at 202. They're in the same range for me, probably. I could you can make a case for that. It's 30 uh, spot difference. Between the running backs, we got Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker. They still got Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. Not really worried about those last two. It's really between these top two. Now, Kenneth Walker's been dealing with it's kind funny of hernia injury. Between or... the two, but Penny has it because Walker's hurt. And... Let's say Walker's been been injured, so I feel like he's still going way too early, even with people knowing about the injury. Even if he was healthy, like Penny's probably still starting the season out as the starter. They're paying him enough money to get it done this year. So, um, Garrett, do you like Rashad Penny as like anything, anything more than like a flex RB two <laughs> kind of player? God, <laughs> no. you got to take a ninety fourth overall, Garrett. Talk to us. I'm not taking him. I I will leave him to the waiver wire. It could be the 17th round, and I will draft a defense instead of you, Rashad Penny. So do if, if Kenneth that. Walker, let's say Kenneth Walker gets healthy within the first month of the season, like what does what does this backfield look like, assuming Penny's healthy, which is probably something we shouldn't assume considering he's been injured most of his career. Most, right. Which is my my note says, can you stay healthy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, um yeah, Rashad Penny. I would expect Kenneth Walker to kind of overtake this backfield, but we have to remind ourselves that it's the freaking Seahawks and how much work is he actually going to get? Like how much offense are they going to play? They're going to probably be needing to throw the ball a lot too. And Kenneth Walker did not come out of Michigan state known for being like this elite receiving back. If anything, it's kind of a limitation in his game. So if they're throwing a lot because they're behind by two touchdowns every game in the fourth quarter, yeah, I don't see a lot of PPR upside here. Not exactly real high on Rashad Penny in that regard either. He's not exactly done anything up until the last, like, five, six games of last season. Um, this is just a team that I don't think I want anybody from this roster. Like, even Metcalf, yeah, the price, nope. Block it, nope. Penny, Walker, nope. This is just a really – this could literally be the worst team in the league. They could be picking number one overall next year, and nobody would be surprised. They arguably have the worst quarterback situation in the league. Hey, don't disrespect the Jaguars and Atlanta Falcons like that. Oh, we got the Houston Texans at the bottom of that list too as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Well, um, that's it, guys. We finally finished up the division sleepers. previews that we've been doing. Oh, that's right. We got to do the sleepers for uh, for the division. Um, Brad, who do you got from this division that you think that you should be taking? We didn't talk about Tutu Atwell. Ah, I you know I kind of thought like it crossed my mind. I just thought you know he's like the number four receiver there. That's probably not going to. He's the Deshaun Jackson role, dude. Remember Deshaun Jackson? And he might have well, a hey. Hail Mary from Stafford, and everybody was picking him up. Tutu Atwell is a second round pick. There is draft capital invested into him. He's not going to be a league winner, but he might be on someone's week one waiver wire. I think we can add him to that list of someone we're picking up in week one. Yeah, that's a pretty deep sleeper. I would assume that he's free. He's probably not even ranked oh, absolutely. on most of these. I, I was able so. to pick him up in our dynasty league. I don't know if you've seen that like three, four weeks ago. Tutu Atwell was a free agent, and I seen he was blowing up in camp, just catching deep balls, and been hearing good reports about him. And I seen him in free agency in our dynasty league, and I picked him up. It's a second round pick. Why not? Was he heavy? 
Yeah, Man, he, he was is... pretty heavy. He's oh, a speedster. Okay. He was light. Man, he <laughs> so, yeah, he is so small. I feel like I just read an article where he said something about he he weighs like 150, 155 pounds right now or something. Like, my God, that's got to be the smallest guy in the league. So um, I think they want him to be their punt returner and maybe fill in in like a deep threat role from time to Deshaun time. Deshaun Jackson but, role. Yeah, I think that uh, that's what they would like him to do. You can get some big games out of that. I bet he's going to be like a real – like if you have him in DFS, like in one of those tournament type. Uh, oh, like, that's right. Yeah, like he's going to be a good dart throw for some of those opportunities, I think. So he'll be a really low ownership and has high upside with that, you know, Matthew Stafford chucking the ball. Uh, G Money, who's your who's your sleeper in this this division? I let's see the sleeper that I don't want to walk away without. I have to go with Allen Robinson. Man, I, that's a good one. That's who I was actually considering mentioning. He's Alan someone that I just, keep, I just keep hearing over and over again that he looks good. The team loves him. They're extremely excited to put him to good use after he's kind of been sitting out there rotten in Chicago the last couple of seasons. I'm as a Rams fan. I'm I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm looking really. I'm really looking forward to how they're going to use him. Um, for my sleeper, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think you need to leave a draft. Well, I mean, yeah, I would just go ahead and say Marquise Brown. You you know, you get him like you're not getting him in the first couple rounds. You know, he's somewhere in the middle rounds, I guess. He's got wide receiver one upside. Even if he's not top five, maybe I was being a little rich on that, but I think he's a wide receiver one all day long this season. Even oh, so walk it start. back, Casey. Walk it back, Casey. Um, Already walking it back. I was like, maybe he's so, sixth instead of fifth. I don't know, but I think he's, right. he's a number wide receiver one all season long. So if you start your draft three running backs heavy and you get him as your first wide receiver. I'm happy. Pretty no good. problem at that. Cool. I'm happy with that. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right, well, that officially wraps up the division previews that we've been doing. Thanks for hanging out oh, with us, guys. Eight podcasts, yeah. plus we did another one with uh, the live draft that we did the other day. So uh, next time you hear from us, it'll probably be a mock draft that we're doing right before the weekend so we can get you ready for things. Um, yeah, otherwise, thanks for checking us out. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, social media. Um, I know like someone's we've got a couple reviews on the podcast lately, so we appreciate that. Um, yeah, go give keep, us a review. It really helps us. Yeah, give us some feedback. We want to know how to get this thing better, how we can help you more, and you know, well, we all have fun with this at the same time. So um until next time, drink your Don't milk. Don't forget to drink your milk and drink your beer. Drink your beer. <laughs> and uh we'll see you guys in a couple of days. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.